I saw this thing yesterday that Target was doing a buy two, get one free book sale. I was like, oh, yes, there's these books I want. I'm going to order books. I go to Target.com, add it to the cart, and I'm like, (gasps) no, (laughs) Mercury. next episode of your bff podcast i'm mel and i'm casey and we're about to become your best your best fucking fucking friends friends. (laughs) we're just getting so much so close so so close best best one yet i know right and i feel like i mean it just keeps getting better and the fact that we are as we said not even in the same time zone and not in the same room none of that like we're doing pretty dang good I agree. High five. Virtual high five. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Long distance high five. Um, so I haven't got to talk to you much in the last few days. I want to hear about what you've been up to. Yeah. Okay. What have I been up to? So I I have like a, I, I thought I was going to have kind of just a nice, slow, relaxing couple days and, and week. Um, it ended up changing a little bit. So my, my boyfriend's dad had to have like a a heart thing done, um, which wasn't, you know, a huge ordeal, but I mean, it was relatively significant and he had to work the day that the procedure was scheduled. So I ended Mm. up taking his dad to the hospital. Um, and he just wanted me to just drop him off and leave, but I just, I couldn't do that. There was something about like, I'm like, if it were my Dad, like I wouldn't want him to wake up from the procedure alone. So I thought, okay, well, I'll stay, thinking it would just end up being like, you know, a couple hours. It ended up being all freaking day. Oh, wow. Uh, And so, yeah, so then I start to get like worried, like what's happening. I'm trying to Google what this procedure is. I can tell that like my boyfriend's worried and, you know, texting me for updates. And um, so it ended up all going fine, but it was just a, it was a long day of waiting. And so then the fact that it ended up being a little bit a little bit more of an ordeal and you had to stay overnight in the hospital and all this stuff than we were expecting that kind of changed the weekend plans. And I don't know, I ended up like I, I, Saturday morning, I just found myself super emotional and, and I, I imagine, I I think it's from kind of that day in the hospital, a little bit of like stress and stuff that I, I wasn't really aware of at the time, but um, you know, I was talking to my boyfriend, I was talking to a friend yesterday that, I think it was just this realization of, oh man, okay, we're starting to reach like the age in life where people will start to lose their parents. And I already have mm-hmm. several close friends who lost their parents way too young. Um, one of which I was very much kind of there for her and a part of that process and witnessed the whole thing. And it's just so hard and so sad. And I, I don't know, it kind of just hit me in this, like, I'm not ready for that phase of life yet. So I, I don't know that I ended up just being like kind of just super emotional because I think it that really just that hit me pretty hard. And yeah, yeah. So that was uh, that was probably the biggest thing from from my week. And then I've just been, um, I don't know, just kind of, you know, plugging away at trying to trying to find a way to make a living in this new passion endeavor of mine. <laughs> Girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you on that. That is, I'm right there with you, sister. 
Yeah, um, it's hard as I, you know, try and kind of get into like the freelance writing world. And it yeah. just kind of becomes this, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Because it's like, you need experience a lot of times to try and land some of these paid opportunities. But it's like, you need the opportunities to gain the experience. So it's mm-hmm. just... As with any industry, you know, you're, I'm, I'm like the new kid on the block, um, and I'm 35. So, you know, I think with that comes like assumptions that, you know, I'm going to want more money than somebody just starting out. But I, I fully recognize like I'm, I'm new. It's like I'm fresh out of college again. I'm just old. <laughs> Uh, well, we're not old, but, <laughs> but <Okay>. older, <laughs> but well, <laughs> man, I just, yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's tough. I've been, I'm been right there with you. I'm in the same boat and man, it's just like doggy paddling all the way. <sighs> it is, um, Yeah. And I'm just, I'm trying to not get discouraged. I just continue to like plug away and, you know, pitch articles and continue to write and submit yeah. and just, you know, trust that something will happen. Yes. And I, I mean, I've, I've honestly kind of been in that kind of lower place recently where I, I do kind of feel discouraged. So this weekend I took just honestly, like I was a bump on a log the whole weekend. Um, I binge watched the series that just came to Netflix called in the dark and it was so freaking good. Um, and I read two books this weekend. So nice. I officially reached my three, my three that I wanted to read for the challenge. I have officially read three books. Um, but I wanted to read something different than what I have been reading because everything has been very much centered around like personal development. And when I read fiction, it tends to be darker kind of stuff, like mystery, really dark, mm-hmm. dark and twisty. And uh, so instead, I read The Friend Zone by Abby Jimenez and Younger by Pamela Redmond. And they were so good. <laughs> they, like, they were so good. Um, uh, in the Friend Zone story, the main character has uterine fibroids. And I have uterine fibroids. So, like, hearing her talk about kind of her battle with that and kind of the chronic illness side of things was kind of refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that, uh, that's, so that's a fiction book. It is, it is. Yeah. It, it, it was actually, it had some sad parts in it, which I wasn't expecting. I was like, Oh, I may, maybe wouldn't have picked this at this exact moment. Cause I was looking for lighter, but, um, it was so good. It was so good. Cannot recommend it enough. And, uh, Abby's writing style is just fantastic. Um, and then Younger is actually like, it's such a perfect story for I think what you and I are experiencing right now. Because so this this girl, um, she's 44. And she has been out of the game for a while. And she's trying to reenter the professional world and publishing. And she's like hitting brick wall after brick wall because everybody is so much younger. Yep. And so she poses as a 26 year old basically um and there's a there's this is actually a tv show as well i was gonna say this sounds yeah. very familiar yes um with sutton foster yeah um so she basically yeah she she poses as a 26 year old and it gets back into gets back into it and um yeah it's like just about her journey and what happens and it's so good. I was like, okay, I feel better. I needed that. <laughs> yeah. See, I love fiction for that reason, because I think 
um, it's almost like a, a more subtle form of personal development yes. because usually you like fiction that you relate to on some level, either a yes. character or kind of a portion of the story. And so it's just a less in your face way of kind of making you think about different like areas of your life. So 100%. Yeah. That's awesome that so you like. So freaking good. Um, and I will tell you, you're going to get a kick out of this. So, um, I, you know, one of the things obviously that I gave up was Target. Well, I saw this thing yesterday that Target was doing a buy two, get one free book sale. I was like, oh, yes, I've, there's these books I want. I'm going to order books. I go to Target.com, add it to the cart, and I'm like, <gasps> no, <laughs> Mercury. I just feel like I have spent the last few days just screaming at Mercury in retrograde. Like, all right, Mercury, you're going to be that bitch. All right. I see you. I see you. That's fine. So no books for me. (laughs) That's so funny. Of all things for Target to have a sale. And like, I didn't even know buy two, get one free even existed. Like, that's kind of a whole new level there. Uh, I mean, that was a huge temptation. But look at you. I know. I was so freaking mad. I was like, and books aren't even a thing that I'm like not letting myself buy right now. That's one of the things that I can buy. Uh, and it's like, you've got to be shitting me, man. <laughs> That's so funny. Wow. So, but I didn't, I didn't cave. I was good. I've been so good. I'm even like out of my concealer. I'm like, no, girl, you're going to make it work. Teamwork yeah. makes a dream work. We're going to figure it out until after this challenge is over. I am committed. I'm over halfway in now. I can do this. <laughs> See, I feel like that's like a big milestone because look at how like kind of just habitual our brains can be. Yes. So you like saw that sale and it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to go and buy it. And it's like, you're, you're kind of a little bit on autopilot, but you at least now like have that little bit of space, which brings you the awareness to be like, oh, wait, wait, no, like I, I'm not buying from Target right now. So like yep. just that right there is like huge because, you know, 26 or however many days ago, like you probably would have just boop, boop, buy, buy, purchase without even thinking about it. Instantly. Instantly. And then I also, when I did that, would have creeped over to the clothes section and been like, oh, I don't have a graphic tee exactly like this. Let me get that one, you know? <laughs> and it just would have been $150 later. And I'd be like, what? How did this happen? <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, how has your challenge been going? Uh, mine's been pretty good. So I, I kind of, I did a shift, um, not last week, but I think the week before in terms of, um, kind of my, the things I gave up regarding like the phone. And cause I started to think about it. I'm like, all right, what is like the real issue here with the phone? So what I did is I have gone on a massive unsubscribe. So like a massive cleaning out of the number of emails that I get and including ones that I think are valuable in terms of, um, you know, like other people's newsletters with like articles or blogs or, um, you know, just like information that I, that I like and that I want to read. But what I found I always do is then I have all these emails to go through and I'm like, yeah, I want to read that. Yeah. I want to read that. Yeah. I want to read that. And they sit in my inbox and I don't ever like find the time to read them. Or sometimes I file them away to like a to read folder, but Mm -hmm. all of that is just unnecessary. So I've just decided, you know what, like 
I'm going to just remove the majority of content even from my phone so that that temptation isn't there anymore. So, and then I just like, I know that if I get to a point where I have more free time and want to resubscribe to some of these things, then I will. But that's been really good because now it's not so much a matter of like when I have my phone on or off, like it's just a matter of there's nothing in my phone to distract me anymore. Right. Like the only kind of emails that come through are like legit emails. So I kind of, so I shifted and I don't know if that is like a cop out from failing or if it's a legitimate shift. Um, but I feel like it makes sense for me at, at this moment, just yeah. in terms of, cause it's like, I don't, I don't want to not communicate with people in my life or be able to respond to like work related emails in a timely manner, which by setting kind of the time restrictions on myself, like maybe I, I was doing that. Um, so now I've just, I've removed a lot of the clutter and like the, um, I don't want to say junk, but just like the stuff that I'm not actually getting to and reading. So I've kind of, I've narrowed it down to just the super valuable stuff. Um, and that's been going really well, actually. Um, I that's feel like awesome. that's helped me more. Yeah. That's fantastic. And how are you doing with your journaling? Um, I'm still behind with that. Um, I, I'm, I'm doing better that I, at least now I'm caught up in terms of looking at it every day and thinking about it. And I'll, I'll, some days I jot a couple notes and some days I have a whole journal entry. Um, right. there's some days I need to kind of, I need to go back to though. Um, but so better, not perfect by any means. I'm kind of failing at my own challenge, but, um, you know, <laughs> progress, <likewise. laughs> progress. It's all good. Well, I do. I love the questions. I think they're awesome. And I just had to share this with you. My friend Sam um, from the UK, he actually called in on one of our episodes, but yeah. he sent me a screenshot of one of the prompts and he's like, seriously, she needs to back off with these. I am attacked. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, just so you know they're making people think for sure uh it's been it's been really good um yeah sorry sam but also not sorry <laughs> <laughs> i love it no it does though like i mean sometimes you're saying like dang oh man making me dig deep here um which yeah. is the point for sure um so we wanted to go over a few of those again this week because they're just so good and they make you think um I really loved the one um, that was talking about if there was ever a time in your life where you have pushed people away and distanced yourself from friends or family and why was it necessary and, and kind of the why behind that. Um, so I, I was curious as to if that if you had ever done that. Oh, yeah. Um, so that was kind of a common theme in mm -hmm. my 20s. And it was so kind of ironic because I, I had really super close girlfriends. And then I was also, um, as we've talked about before, like always been super close with my family. And then I started to get into, or I got into one relationship. And then after that, just an, another one that were um, not great scenarios. And and, and not that I, you know, I, I played a role in it. And, and this is kind of where I started my theme of like losing myself in relationships and kind of just becoming this version of myself that no one had ever really seen before. Kind of a little bit of a shell of myself almost because like this one relationship, like he would, 
I felt like I, I was always in trouble. Like he would get mad at me all the time. And I like mm-hmm. allowed that even though I hadn't done anything wrong. And then I started to be like constantly like walking on eggshells because I didn't want to upset him. And at the time I, I didn't think anything of it. I just was kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make this relationship work. And, um, my friends and my family were pretty quick to realize like that I was really kind of losing myself in this and it wasn't the healthiest of relationships and it wasn't a good situation. And as they started to kind of bring that up or question it, I just completely pushed them away. Mm -hmm. And, and I did that for, for several years. Um, and for kind of two, two entire relationships, both of which were a couple years long and like when I look back on it, for me, I think it was very much they were saying things that I knew at like my deepest level were true, but I wasn't ready to face those yet, which is why I had such like a negative reaction to it. And it was kind of like, I don't, I don't want to hear this. Like you guys are wrong. I'm going to prove you wrong. And then I just yeah. kind of, I distanced myself from them because I didn't want to know their feedback or their thoughts or their feelings on like what I was doing. And I think that can be a real, at least I know for me, it's very much like, like a a tell of like, if I'm reacting negative to somebody else's reactions, then it's, it's triggering something in me that is not good. Like, and so in those instances, it was very much like they were right, but I wanted no part of it. Whereas now I'm much more like at peace with the decisions I make in my life. So when somebody has feedback that they don't agree with what I'm doing, it doesn't bother me because like at my deepest level, I feel good about what I'm doing. Whereas back then, I think I knew not on like a conscious level, but I think I, I knew I wasn't in a good spot. Yes. 100%. Honestly, that's kind of, that's kind of how I related to this um, as well. When I got married the first time and um, it was, it was not a good situation from the get go. And I ended up, I ended up distancing myself from my best one of my best friends in the entire world. And um, all because I knew that that was, you know, that that was something that she she saw that she saw right through it and knew that this was not a good idea. And um, so I ultimately just distanced myself from her for, for quite a long time. And I think it was like, it was one, I was afraid of judgment. I was afraid of like the, I told you so's and stuff like that, you know, you shouldn't have done this. And even though like, I know that she wouldn't in hindsight, like I realized she would have never done that. She would have been like, all right, girl, I'm in the getaway car. Let's get the hell out of here. Um, but it was still just this this feeling of being afraid of this of judgment, you know. Um, and I feel like I do that even to this day. I will still do this to an extent, especially if I'm feeling down and and depressed. I will tend to push people away, and I think it's it's still it's it goes back to this like a fear of being judged like for not having my like my shit together for for a lack of a better way to put it um you know and and maybe not adding up to what i think their expectations of me are Mm -hmm. and it's not 
a matter of their actual expectations because they love me regardless. And deep down, I know that, but I have this like weird preconceived notion of what I think that they would expect or should expect of me. Right. Which is really probably, and I think we all do that. Um, I know I, I certainly do. And it, it's so funny because it's such a weird game we play in yes. ourselves. You think about it because it's kind of like, oh, I assume that this person expects me to be that, but I'm not meeting that, so I'm going to push them away. Mm-hmm. It's like this game of make-believe, yes. whereas I feel like the only way to get around that is just with extremely like clear communication with people to kind mm-hmm. of ask them, like, you know, what do you, like, what are your, or I think I'm afraid you're thinking this, like, is that true? But those goes back to those like uncomfortable conversations we've talked about that are really difficult to have. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm curious if you like, so going back to that time where you distance yourself from her, if, what would it look like differently? Like, what would it have looked like? What would have been a way for you to maintain that friendship yet still like be in your marriage that you felt at the time was, you know, right for you. Like it was, do you think there's a way for both of those to have happened? Well, the truth was I knew it wasn't right for me. And that was the issue. Um, Because so admitting that she was right would be to admit that I had made a big mistake or, and I had gotten into this marriage that I knew was not a good idea. And right, but don't you think like with a friendship, like you could have maybe admitted that yet still also said, I'm not ready to do anything about it. Absolutely. Yet? Absolutely. And I think, and I know she would have been supportive, but I also think, you know, I mean, she would have probably helped me to have gotten out of it sooner, which, mm-hmm. you know, would be great. Um, though I don't have any regrets about how it ultimately ended up happening. Cause I think again, you know, we've kind of talked about this before, but it was all part of my journey and it's all led me to where I'm at. I absolutely think that that journey might've been made a little easier on me if I had, had the courage to tell her the truth and mm-hmm. and be like you know look I, I feel like I made a mistake I'm working through it I'm I'm, I'm I'm I just think it would have been a lot easier to have not had to go through it alone right and that's what like when I think back on it I I, I kind of think the same thing like if I were to kind of go down the road of wishing I had done things differently like I wish I would have had like the self-awareness and the like the strength to just say to, you know, my mother and my sister and my best friends that, you know, to hear their feedback and say, you might be right. I don't really know yet. Like, I'm not, I'm not sure if you're right or if you're wrong in terms of like, you know, what you're saying about my relationship, but I'm just, I'm not at a point to do anything about it yet. Yes. So, and I really wonder, like, if I had done that, I, they probably wouldn't have loved that answer, just like I wouldn't have loved hearing their feedback. But I feel like that would have been just a much more honest conversation. But I think in order to do that, like, you've got to have that strength to admit and then like stand in your truth in that moment. And like my truth in that moment was that I didn't really know what I was doing. I was scared of what everyone thought. I was scared of how it was going to work out. And, you know, I felt determined to make it work, to prove everybody wrong. Like 
-hmm. if I had just said all that, you know, they wouldn't have loved it, but at least we would have kept that closeness, I think, during that time. But I think it's hard to kind of have a conversation and we see this all throughout life to kind of be like, yep, we don't see eye to eye, but that's okay. Yes, it often ends, that often doesn't end well. But I do think that we, especially as we mature and we realize, you know, we realize this, that we can stand in those truths and we can, we can maybe not agree with somebody, but we can still love them and be there for them and support them because supporting and agreeing are not the same thing. Exactly. Ultimately. Exactly. And I think that, you know, kind of goes back to, we, we've talked before about kind of maybe what is the real role of, of, of friends. And, and I think it is that support and it, that doesn't necessarily mean always agreeing, but you know, my role as a friend back in those days, I think that I, that I probably failed at was to be honest with my friends about how I was feeling in the relationship and how I was feeling about how it was affecting our friendship and how I felt about their feedback to just be honest. And then their role would be to just support that, not agree with it. They don't have to agree with it. That's fine, but support it. And then we would have like kept that closeness, but I'm not, I think I couldn't have that level of honesty because I wasn't, I wasn't having that level of honesty with myself, which I think is like Mm -hmm. the first step is like, you've got to be honest with yourself in order and and almost like make peace with that, whatever that is. And then, and then you're able to share it with the people in your life. Yes. And like you said earlier, self-awareness. And I think that that is something that comes, I feel like it does come a lot more with age. Um, I know at that time in my life, I mean, this was, again, this was my very, very early 20s. I was not self-aware enough for that at all. Uh, It took a lot, a lot, a lot of therapy to get me to that point um, where I could truly look at a situation very objectively um, as if I was viewing it from the outside um, Mm -hmm. and somebody that wasn't even related to the situation um, to be able to see where, what my, like, what was my role in it? Again, when that's something we've kind of talked about all throughout this, what was, what was my part in this? Yes, this was crappy that, that this happened, whatever, but I have a, I still had a big part in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think, I feel like I'm, I still do this to a certain extent, but I'm at least now to the point that I'm more, I'm self-aware enough to stop myself and be honest with those people. Hey, I'm struggling a little bit. You know, th- this is why you haven't heard from me or or whatever the case may be and be able to be honest with myself and honest with them too. Mhm. Yeah, I think it always it always starts with that awareness and that honesty with our with ourselves and it's kind of like if that if you have that that's a little bit of like a less shakable core so that you're able to hear and like receive feedback that maybe doesn't jive with what you want to hear. And, you know, it, then it doesn't cause you to like freak out and, you know, stiff arm somebody away. Absolutely. Um, Another one of the topics that you had in this week's journal prompts that like, whoo, got me right in my feels was the one about 
failure. And, you know, what do you consider to be your biggest failure? And what was the lesson in that? And did you learn the lesson? Because I think <laughs> we can be aware of the lesson, but not learn the lesson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what has been your biggest failure in your eyes? So I, I always kind of look at it as like two that I see as okay. like the almost kind of like the same one or just so closely tied together that I, that I can't separate them. And this goes back to like, you know, to the major relationships in my twenties. And the first one was, um, with a man who he wasn't, when we first got together to my, all I knew, like he was single to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I slowly found out, um, some information that made it seem like otherwise. And he, you know, it kind of became this, he had an explanation for everything, but really actually objectively looking at it, it was like, no, like you're, you're living with this woman you have a child with. And then it even got to be like, she was pregnant with another child. And I was just, I don't know. I just, I, I, I was so lost in that relationship and, um, and it had been the reason that I had kind of lost so many other close relationships in my life that I like was clinging to it because it was like, I needed it to work because that was the only thing that would maybe justify all the repercussions that had come from it. And then, you know, when I finally got out of that relationship and I think maybe the two are so tied together because I didn't, I'd never really had the self-awareness to realize, okay, this like you've, you've lost your way in this relationship and this is not a good situation. Like I didn't, it's not like I saw all that clearly and was like, okay, I'm going to be strong enough to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more like I jumped from that relationship into an even worse one. Um, because it was with a man that I knew at the time, like was married, like no ifs, ands or buts, like he was married. Right. And it, it took a long time for me to even be able to kind of tell those stories and like tell people and like new friends and stuff that that had been my history because I just felt like, you know, I had this scarlet A like, you know, burned somewhere on me and like I just deserved to be judged and stoned at every moment. And and so I think I didn't even I just like accepted that guilt, right? Like lived in that guilt. So I didn't even try and find a lesson in it. It was more just like these are the mistakes I've made and I deserve to pay for them in whatever way I will end up having to pay for them. And honestly, it wasn't until I wrote the book. And so then I really was in just much more of a kind of self-awareness journey, I guess, and looking back on those relationships and kind of writing out how they all went that I really found like the lesson in them. And the lesson ended up being like much much bigger and was a much bigger theme in all of my life of kind of just staying true to who I am, like in, in every way possible and not just kind of go along, like get all lost in the fact that somebody shows interest in me and then, you know, kind of think that ignore all these red flags and, you know, internally and externally and just think, Oh, love is going to conquer all. It's all going to work out. Like, like the movies, like very similar to the, the email we got last week. And, and it was just this like understanding of who I am. And like, I'm not the person 
I'm not the type of person that is going to get into a relationship with a married or almost married or, you know, practically married person. Like, I'm not going to do that because I, I, I respect relationships and I recognize how connected we all are. And I don't, you know, me and that individual don't live in a silo. Like the other person in that relationship is affected as well. And right. so I think it was just, I mean, there's so many little lessons along the way, but the biggest lesson was to be like, was for me to know who I am and to be that person, like no ifs, ands, or buts. But I, I mean, it was, you know, in, in some cases, like close to 10 years later that I really kind of put all those puzzle pieces together. And only then really was I able to like forgive myself for that. Which is a big step. Yeah. That's huge. And I think, honestly, I, I would I would venture to say that that is the more important thing than ever getting forgiveness from another party involved is being able to forgive yourself because God knows that we can drown ourselves in guilt and shame and, and things like that. But I mean, at the end of the day, we're all just, we're human, man. And I mean, mm-hmm. we make mistakes. Um, yeah. And, you know, I feel like every time I read, you know, things that talk about, you know, studies with like infidelity and things like that, that so often it goes back to the validation aspect of things. And so, you know, if, if you're finding somebody that's either, um, already in a relationship or you're in a relationship or whatever, that it's about get trying to get validation from, from outside sources that you, you can't get because you need it on the inside. Is a hundred percent. And I think so much of my twenties were like, so I was living in South Florida and I was just very, focused, but not acting like I was focused on like finding a relationship because I thought, you know, your twenties, at least like the first half of the twenties was more like fun, fun, party, party, whatever. But then as I started to be kind of like mid twenties, you start to think, you know, Oh, okay. Like, well, I always thought like, this is about the time, like I'm going to get into a serious relationship because then in a couple of years I'm going to be engaged and then I need to get married and then I have to have kids. And it was, you know, kind of trying to that realization that, okay, it's time to really like continue on this path that I had laid out for myself and that society and, you know, kind of my world consisted of like, this is what you do. Like, this is what life is. And I, I didn't, I, I, I never got really like approached a lot. Like when we went out, like I didn't get asked out on a lot of dates. Like, and I, you know, I don't, I want, I'm, I'm not like an unattractive individual. And so it like, but I was in South Florida and, and compared to everybody down there, like, you know, I, I was by no means the, the most attractive person. Like that's a very, um, it's like the land of the beautiful. And, and so I think that, that like really hit on like my self-esteem and my insecurities. And so then when these, these men came along and showed me like attention and wanted to be with me, I was just like, Oh yes. Like, here it is, like someone like, you know, sees me and, and is interested in me. And I just got so lost in that, that I didn't like stop and think, okay, well, wait, like, let's look at the situation and like really evaluate if this is a situation like I want to be in. But I just, I, I was too insecure to not get like swept away with the fact that, um, you know, they were saying all these right, you know, lovely things to me. Do you think so there's a, there's this quote I think we've talked about it on the show before but 
it's from Perks of Being a Wallflower, but it says, we accept the love that we think we deserve. And do you think that a part of you felt that you deserved these emotionally unavailable or really unavailable (laughs) people? You know, do you think that a part of you felt that you deserve that? I I think so. I, you know, and I still haven't completely figured that whole thing out yet. And actually, um, it was probably just about a year ago that my mother, we were having a conversation and she's like, I don't understand why you don't think you deserve to be put first. And I was like, Oh, like that question really kind of hit me. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, is that, do I, do I not think I deserve that? And then if you looked back in my relationship history, like it was this, this pattern of unavailable men, either Mm -hmm. legit unavailable or then emotionally unavailable. Mm -hmm. And so where does that stem from for me? I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Like, I don't know if it's, you know, kind of goes back to like an earlier relationship, if it's a middle child thing, like, you know, I don't know, some people, if you believe in past lives, maybe it's something baggage I've carried in from a previous life. Like, I, I honestly, I don't know. But at least now, like I, I, I am aware of that pattern. And so I think like I had to, I had to see that pattern, which I mean, life really just <laughs> threw in my face multiple times. And, and I think you can't really break a pattern until you see it. So 100%. Um, that I think also is like the big, one of the big lessons in, in that whole, my like pattern of, of difficult relationships was recognizing that like, I wasn't put first. And so on some level, I didn't think I deserved to be put first. And, you know, I just, I still, I still don't really know the why behind that. Right. And it sounds like at that time you weren't, you weren't really putting yourself first either. Right. And so that's where I think that relationships can be, um, I have that one blog post about how they're mirrors for essentially what's going on with us. So for years, exactly. I was in relationships that weren't putting me first because I wasn't putting me first back mm-hmm. to kind of the, the big lesson I took away from it is like knowing who I am and sticking to that person, like at all costs, which would be putting myself first. But I wasn't doing that because I didn't even really know who I was because I never really took the time as an adult to really think through it and like be intentional about it. Cause you know, you kind of just grow up and I don't know, I just kind of like went with the flow and I just, I never thought about it. Yeah. And then life throws you these situations that can very much define who you are. But if you don't kind of pause and think about them, like I never did, if you just kind of get swept up in them, then that's how I think you, you slowly let life and your circumstances define you. So you're like being defined from the outside instead of really knowing your definition from the inside and like projecting that out onto life. Absolutely. Um, for, for mine, mine went in a slightly different direction and man, I'll tell you, that's one thing I've learned from, uh, this challenge is what I, I feel like what is important to me as far as how one, how I see myself and how I define I guess like happiness for myself and, and how I feel others look at me from the outside. Um, But mine was kind of career oriented. Mine was when I had to close my, my nail business. Um, It, even though like I, there was no alternative, I had to do it for health reasons. Um, You know, it still felt like a huge failure that, you know, that I wasn't strong enough 
you know, to, to make it happen. And, um, I mean, so much of my happiness, especially at that time, centered around my business. Like my, a lot of my closest friendships came to me because of that business. And I feel like I had a lot of my self-worth tied up in that. Um, because not just the amount of having the success of the business itself, but also the connections that I made with all the other women whose hand I took from across the table. You know, I, I had become a confidant to these people and they were mine. And it was, there was just a lot tied up in that place. And, Mm -hmm. um, it was, it was kind of my happy place. And, you know, between that and my dear friend's pie shop that I could walk to down the street, it was, it was, that place was my life, you know? So, um, when it all came to a screeching halt, I mean, it all came to a screeching halt <laughs> at one time, and that felt like a huge failure um, to me. But the lesson in that was realizing that I could cultivate that environment anywhere, and that d- didn't necessarily have to be in a nail salon or whatever, but I could use the things that... I feel made me successful in that business that had nothing to do, by the way, with the actual skill of the nail artistry and everything to do with, I feel like, my character and the person that I was sitting across from them. I mean, I think there's something to be said for building on personal relationships, even when it's in a professional sense. And so... It taught me that I could I could cultivate that in any way that I wanted to. It was just a matter of realizing what my strengths were and separating that from that particular business model. And I could put it in anything. And so when I moved on and I started doing, you know, social media management and content creation and that sort of stuff, I kind of brought that with me. And it was just like, boom, something just clicked. You know, mm-hmm. and it was the same thing for creating this podcast. It was all about the connection and the relationships. And I think even though this podcast is, has gone through a transitional period, and it's still kind of in a transitional period, I think that the reason that people listen, the reason that people tune in each week is because of it's a connection. It's about having a place that you can exist in and and be a part of that is accepting and supportive no matter what. And that was, I think, one of the reasons why people continued to come to me for their nails. Right. And so, see, that's really interesting because that kind of ties back to there's the, um, you know, the journal prompt uh, several weeks ago about the kind of what are your actual like success and happiness drivers, like the deeper Mm -hmm. rooted reasons, not necessarily like the industry and the role. And so I think that's kind of a similar situation where, you know, you saw the closing of your business as a failure because it's like you were defining like your happiness and your fulfillment with like the, the business, right? Like with the actual, like with that level, not, what was actually going on in that business, which was the, you know, fostering relationships and creating an environment where people feel, um, you know, 
feel accepted and feel like they can be themselves and not be judged. And like, those are the true actual drivers, like not, yes, not the business. So yeah, I just, I, and I think that we, I think that we do that a lot and, Mm -hmm. and, and we attach those kind of definitions of what makes us happy to all sorts of different things. So like for me, it was like relationships and like for you, it was the business. And I think for a lot of people, it is a job or for some people, it's like a role they play. Like maybe they're a caregiver or maybe it's, you know, your role as a mother or whatever it may be. And it, it's like, it kind of takes that level of self-awareness to be like, okay, but what is it about this thing that I'm doing? I think it's the thing that brings me happiness, but it isn't that it's something like more from within that can be carried to other aspects of life. So then if we lose that job or that role, it doesn't kind of blow up our entire world because we recognize like kind of what was deeper than it that can then be applied to like other aspects of our life. Yes, 100%. And, you know, kind of going back to the self-awareness part, you know, I still will struggle with this on occasion where I'll kind of get into these like like little down funks um, when professionally things aren't going as what I, as what I would like. But then I have to, again, kind of go back and remember what I learned and that when I strip away all of the the exterior stuff, all of the, you know, the 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 jobs and and the notoriety or the money or the whatever, when I strip that all away, I remember why I'm still why I'm still awesome. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and, and, and it comes back to that, you know, um, and that feeling of. I guess self worth and and not wrapping it up in exterior stuff, but it's it's all about what's on the inside. Exactly, like kind of going back to creating that like unshakable core of one knowing who you are, two like accepting who you are, and then three standing strong and tall as who you are, which can be really difficult because life is going to continue to throw things our way to like I think almost like test that strength mm-hmm. but ultimately like those tests make you stronger in the long run it's just sometimes when you're in them it's really hard to see that but like yes. there is kind of that there's like a lesson in in all of those tests and i think sometimes it, it takes a long time for us to then look back and see them at least for me it took you know like close to 10 years but um, yeah but and that's that's what's hard like when you're going through something difficult it's it's hard to kind of be like okay don't freak out. There's a reason for this. There's a lesson for this. God knows how long it's going to be until I see that, but just trusting that it's there and that like you will see it one day. Absolutely. Um, another one I wanted to talk about that I loved was what do you need in your life to be happy and why do you need those things? Um, for me, it definitely, it made me realize just how simplistic I can define happiness like and how what how simple that definition is for me so I'm curious what that what that did for you yeah so I have like kind of two levels of that answer I guess so kind of more on the day-to-day like surface level like I know that I need alone quiet recharge time yeah like um you know, so sometimes it's like an entire day, or even if it's just for like a couple hours, like I know that I need some time just by myself, which I almost find funny, because for so many years, 
I feel like I kind of never had alone time because Mm -hmm. like, you know, when I was younger, I had a roommate and then I went to, you know, work and then we did happy hours and the weekends and I never wanted to be alone. It was almost uncomfortable. Like I didn't, I didn't want to be alone. And now I recognize that like, I, I need that time. Um, I know that I also need some level of like physical activity in my life. It just helps me like process my emotions and kind of like stay calm. And it's just, it's, yes, there's the physical benefits, but for me, it's like very much like a a mental and like emotional, emotional thing. Mm -hmm. But then on like a, and I know I need like real conversation. So like just like real talk, like talking about meaningful, deeper topics. And again, I think I lived so many years not really having those kinds of conversations. And so now I recognize like very much that I need those. Um, But then on like a deeper level, like I know I need kind of continuous growth. um, And that can kind of take, you know, many forms, there's, you know, mental growth, spiritual growth, but I, I need to feel like I'm constantly bettering myself or attempting to better myself. And the catch 22 with that is that can sometimes rub, rub up against also like accepting yourself, which that's, that's a battle for me to kind of have both of those things like live in the same space, like accepting myself yet also working to better myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that, and maybe this falls into like growth, but like, I like to learn new things. And, you know, that can be as small as like reading an article about, you know, who knows what, like one day, or even like, I wouldn't be surprised if I, if I eventually do get some kind of a degree in psychology, because I've always been so interested in in psychology and, and how that works. But like, I need to continuously be learning. Yeah. Um, I think I had another one. I don't have my journal open right now, but those are kind of like, so I, when I read it, I was like, okay, there's kind of my day to day stuff. And then there's like my deeper level stuff. Right. What are yours? So I, for my first one was that I need to be able to write and express myself or just in, in any capacity, because that's kind of my outlet and where I funnel my emotions. So being able to do that is, is really important. I need my personal connections, like whether that's my husband or my friends or whatever, because that's like a source of like not just support, but community. And I I really feel like I thrive in that environment. And my and dogs, I need dogs, like <laughs> literally in any form, all the dogs, puppy videos, whatever it is, I need dogs all the time because that is just... I have always been that kid that like, I mean, from from the get go, I always wanted a dog around. I've in my entire life, there's never been a period where I went without having a dog. And Mm -hmm. I even if I if I just travel and I go somewhere for a few days and I'm not with my with my dogs, like I am noticeably cranky. And I can always put it back to that because I will miss them so much. And then if I'm out somewhere and I see a dog, it's like, boom, instant, like, it's like a hit. <laughs> like that's dogs are like my, my, my drug. Unfortunately, it's like I see a cute puppy and then I'm, I feel instantly better about my day. Well, there's actually like research behind that because like yeah. dogs are, I mean, they're just like pure 
love and they're also just a hundred percent in the moment. And so like we can, we sense that from them. And so like that can be kind of like this little hit of happiness almost because it is, it'll kind of bring you almost ground you a little bit, like bring you back to, okay, like the current moment and just, you know, something that is just showing like nothing but love. Yes. Oh, they are. They're just love and joy. And it's just, it's just wonderful. And then my last couple of things are that I need books and I need coffee. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because, and like, I mean, I love coffee, like from the, I guess, the perspective of, you know, having it in the morning gives you a little energy boost. But for me, coffee is like an experience. And I love all of it. I I love a, a you know a French press and iced coffee. I even love those cheap gas station cappuccinos that are nothing but sugar and chemicals. Whatever, any way that you will give me the coffee, I love it. It's just it's like a a sensory experience for me. I love sitting in coffee shops and just enjoying my coffee and taking in this 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 scenes around me and the people around me, the energy. Um, and then as far as the book side of things, like I love getting lost in a story or in a message and then finding myself in that story and in that message. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. those are, those are big for me. Uh, <laughs> so. Well, see, that makes sense. Cause I mean, like the book one, I mean, that kind of ties back to like fostering relationships and like, mm-hmm. so, you know, you get kind of lost in a story of the book as you would with somebody else's story and then finding yourself in them that's finding and like fostering the connection like that all kind of ties together yes yes absolutely now i loved it i i would love to hear what other if if anybody that's listening would like to share the things that you know they they feel makes them happy i would love to hear about that because i think it's so interesting to hear each individual's kind of definition of what happiness Mm -hmm. is and what that means. And I feel like when you sit down and you really think about it so often, it, it's, it really is about the simple, the simpler things. Right. I think that's like, it, it, that's what's so interesting about it to me is like kind of the different levels of happiness. So there is the bigger kind of core things, but then they're also like, if you can find happiness in these just kind of small everyday things, like that's amazing. And that's like something I'm working on because that is like you say, like having coffee is like a sensory experience for you. It's only able to be a sensory experience for you if you're like actually just really living in that moment, Yes, which is an accomplishment all in itself. Because I mean, that is mindfulness that is living in the now as Eckhart Tolle says, like that is a hard thing for us to do these days because a lot of times, or at least I'm probably sipping my coffee, but then my mind is elsewhere. Like I'm not really in that moment. So it's like, if you can find happiness in these simple everyday things, then you're actually just really in that moment and appreciating it, which is like an amazing thing. Absolutely. One last one that I wanted to jump into really quick before we close is the question that it was, it said, do you think life is a reciprocal relationship uh, meaning that what we think and do affects what happens in our lives more than the obvious cause and effect relationships, and then why or why not. So I, I know this kind of dabbles into the 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 laws of attraction, and as we were kind of talking about before we started recording, that can be kind of controversial with people. Some people are like really for it. Some people are like, no, this is 
complete bullshit. But I'm curious to hear what you think, because I know you've kind of transitioned a little bit from that. <laughs> this is complete bullshit to, OK, this might really be a thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, 100 percent. So I, I absolutely used to be a like this is this is bullshit. And um, a friend of mine many, many years ago tried to get me to watch The Secret. Mm-hmm. And I think we got about a minute in and I was just like, this is ridiculous. And, and, <laughs> it off. and then made fun of it for years and years and years, having never even really seen it. Um, and and now I've, I've definitely I've changed my tune just because and and I go through a lot of this in the book, as you know, is like I just started to notice um, a little bit more of that reciprocal relationship in terms of like what I was thinking about and kind of like questioning and almost like asking like just really to myself at the time, like what should I do? And then starting to kind of get answers. And like, I know like it, it, if you haven't experienced anything like this, it sounds like just totally like woo woo and fluffy, but I do I do believe it is a reciprocal relationship. And so, you know, a lot of times people say like karma, but like the word karma, I think has gotten this certain definition in in our world today of um, like a bad thing. Like, you know, karma is a bitch type of thing. Like if you do something bad, that bad thing is going to come back around to you. And I think there is some truth in that, but I think it's the same with the good. And so I do believe in, the law of attraction purely from a, like an energetic standpoint, because so like if everything is energy, um, then obviously like everything has a cause and effect. And so I think that cause and effect relationship exists on a lot more levels than we realize, like kind of like yes. including um, like our, our relationship. So like what we we're talking about earlier that, you know, I wasn't putting myself first and then look, that's, that's exactly what was mirrored out then in, in my relationships for so long. Like, I think that kind of speaks to a little bit of that reciprocal Mm -hmm. relationship where sometimes it's a give and take. And sometimes it's a mirror, like life is going to show you where you are so that you can then kind of react accordingly. Like if you're paying attention, but so I do think, I do believe like in the law of attraction, but I think what, a lot of times is left off of so much of that talk is like, I think if you want, if you really wanted to like, yeah, you could probably use, and I know there's examples of this, like use a law of attraction to kind of get like the car that you wanted or, you know, the job that you wanted or money that you wanted. But I think there's like a deeper level behind it. So, which is like your intention and like your, your why. And if your, your why and your intention are, like a little bit more on like the egoic level of, you know, wanting power or influence or just things that make your ego happy. It's not necessarily going to stick. So I think like on the deepest level of our, our reciprocal relationship with life, it is like your intention behind everything you do. Absolutely. I, I love that. No, you, you hit the nail on the head. I think you're exactly right. Um, I heard this analogy um, oddly enough, the same day that this journal prompt came out and it just clicked, something clicked in my brain. Um, and it was saying how if you're standing there and you're holding a cup of coffee and someone knocks into you, you spill the coffee. But if your cup, if your cup was full of tea, you would fill, you would spill tea or if it was water, you would spill water. Whatever's in the cup is what's going to spill over. And basically comparing that with, with life. So when life shakes us up, 
what we're full of is what spills out. Mm-hmm. And so um, when we are experiencing some kind of adversity, if we are already in a negative place, we are going to view that in a negative way. Mm-hmm. And but same for if if we're in a much more positive place, you know, and I hate to go into the kind of the, the woo woo of positive thinking, but there is something to this. Because if you're looking for the bad in something, you're only going to ever find the bad, you're only ever going to see the bad coming at you. Um, yep. No matter what's actually happening, you will find a way to see this in a bad way. Whereas if you're looking at it and coming from it from a, po- a positive perspective, that shifts everything. You'll see the lessons in what's happening. You'll see, you know, you'll see the next step that you can take to make it in a positive way because that's what you want. Exactly. And it's so like, so the phrase like perception is reality is said a lot. But like when you really think about it, it's really mind blowing. Like, because yes. if you're looking for the negative in things, You'll find them. And then you live in this negative world. And like, that's what you see. But if you're looking for the positive, and that's what you see, then, then all of a sudden, it's more like positive life. So it like, I don't know, it's just things I think are a lot more subjective than what we realize. And if you just even think of that word, like subjective, it's, it's a reflection of us like it's yes it's kind of what's going on inside of us that then like interprets how we see life which and then I think that's where that reciprocal relationship comes in that if you're putting out good good comes back to you absolutely I I love it I (laughs) I feel like it's one of those things that when you really sit with it and you really truly are honest with yourself. If you if you're sitting here going, I'm you know uh, nothing nothing good's happening to me. It's all bad, 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 bad. If you really sit with yourself and you're honest, you are going to realize that your thought process and what you're putting out in the world is negative. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we all know that person, right? The person that constantly has conflict in their life or, you know, they're always complaining about what people have done to them and what, you know, what's going wrong with their life. You never hear them talking about what's going right with their life. And I can't help but to believe that there's, there is a correlation here with what's going on on the inside with what is happening on the outside externally. I I agree a hundred percent. And I, I, I recognize it's like, it's such a, it's such like a, a big concept and kind of almost like a vague concept sometimes. And so it can be hard to like wrap your brain around, but I agree with you if you sit and really think about it. Mm -hmm. And if you can be really honest with yourself about like the decisions you've made that have maybe contributed to your circumstances, but also like your intention behind those decisions, because we all know you can do good acts, but have like a negative intention behind them. And like, that's what I think really matters. Like, because, um, I've used this example before. So let's say like you volunteer at the soup kitchen, mm-hmm. good act, great act. Um, if you volunteer at the soup kitchen because you genuinely want to help is a different intention than volunteering at the soup kitchen because you want to take a picture and post it on your social media so that everybody sees that you do good things, totally different intention. So, but it's like the same, the same actual act. But I think like what matters in terms of, our relationship with life is the intention behind 
the actions. Right. What's really going on on the inside. Yes. I freaking love it. Um, before we close, I do have one email that I wanted to read. This one's coming to us from Miss Ty, dear BFF of the podcast. She says, hey, Mel and Casey, I know we are halfway through the summer for self-challenge, but I wanted to write in and talk about my experience with the challenge so far. I'm okay with sharing this with you and the, uh, and the listening audience, too. First, I want to thank Mel for introducing her listening audience to Casey and this challenge. Lives are being shifted and transformed for sure. Mel is one of my sheroes. Aww. So mm-hmm. anyone she supports and vouches for gets my support for sure. I decided to partially give up social media because it was not only a distraction from being productive and focusing on giving my family my undivided attention, but it was also taking a toll on my spiritual and emotional well-being. I gave up Instagram and Facebook altogether, and I have severely limited my time on Twitter. It's made a noticeable difference in how I perceive myself and my overall mood throughout the day. I'm no longer spending my time wishing I was someone else or wondering why I am not as far along as someone else in my career field. Now I can just focus fully on me and my journey as a writer and woman. I also gave up negative self-talk. Every time I try to beat myself down, I counter those words with something positive. I knew I could be hard on myself, but I didn't realize how mean I was to me until I started paying closer attention to my own thoughts and self-depreciating humor that uh, really isn't a joke. And spending time dragging myself was indeed a distraction from cultivating uh, creativity and living a better life, of, a better version of myself. Uh, so I'm glad I have given these things up. And honestly, I don't think I'll ever go back to being the same person again. I love waking up in the morning and making a positive podcast or speech part of my routine. It really sets the tone for my day and makes me look at my life and at a with a different perspective. Casey has chosen some really great material that I needed to hear for the first time or needed to repeat again. And I love her journal questions. The journal piece has been hard for me because my days go so fast and I write so much that I really don't feel like it, but I push myself to do it anyway and catch up if I missed a day. Revisiting tough times in my life and being completely honest with myself has unearthed some buried pain that I didn't know I was holding on to. Now I'm in the process of going back to therapy to fully deal with those issues. So thank you, Casey, for helping me exhume dead things that were weighing my spirit and mind down. At the end of the day, I write down one affirmation, one thing that brought me joy that day, and five things I want to achieve the next day. Those things vary from not wanting to blow a celebrity interview to asking my kids three deep questions to find out what's going on in their little minds. I'm not a morning person, but I have enjoyed watching the sunset once a week. I live about 20 minutes from the beach, so I drive there and walk while I watch the colors change in the sky. It's a reminder of how beautiful Earth is and how much we miss because we're so busy doing instead of just being. Mm. My list of goals is also looking good. I wrote down my wildest dreams as well as practical things and divided them up into personal, professional, and financial segments. Now, I just have to do the work to make them come to fruition. Again, thanks so much for what you two are doing for so many people. Keep changing lives and encouraging others to be better versions of themselves. It creates a ripple effect that can make this world a better place. With love, Ty. Oh. Isn't that great? That's so great. Uh, I love that. Thank you, Ty. I, man. Ah! 
And I love <laughs> her point about the negative self-talk because yes. that is so true. And it's like, I, I think when I first started to pay attention to it, I got really good at, at recognizing it and then kind of getting a, ahead of it. And I really, I started by just anytime I thought something negative, not even just about myself, anything negative in general, I then just like thought to myself, well, that was negative. Like it was just like, it was just totally awareness on the back end, like calling it out. Yes. And then after I did that for a while, it shifted to like where I would catch it almost like mid thought and then, or mid sentence as I was talking to somebody and try yes. and like change directions and shift it into something positive. And then I think I eventually got in front of it where I was just naturally more positive. And I think I've kept that to some degree, except maybe with the self-talk because that happens so nonstop and like quietly in our head that I think I've slipped kind of back into a little bit more self-talk than, than I, than I would like to have. Um, So that's definitely something I need to focus on again, but I love that she's recognized that because man, are we tough on ourselves? We are. And like you're saying, like the negative self-talk, it just, it sneaks up on us. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is kind of a weird analogy, but I'm I'm a weird person. So here we go. But it's like a, it's like a cockroach infestation. Because think about it. The first thing you see is that one cockroach that makes you, oh God, no, yeah. burn the place down. But usually not far behind it comes the rest of the roaches and you it, like the next thing you know it's just you're you've got them it's they're everywhere they're infested in your house they're in your whole life oh my god what am i going to do and you think about cockroaches and you think about how um they don't like the light so you're in the dark you flip the light switch on and what happens they scatter but then eventually you got to turn the light back off right so right. that light is that positivity and and it makes them scatter, makes them them go away and, and everything. But then they creep back on. They creep back in when you turn the light back off. Um, yep. So, you know, you've got to find ways to literally not just not just even thinking about po- like positive thoughts to get rid of it. But it's a matter of getting to the root cause of the self-talk. And mm-hmm. that's your version of exterminating and get, getting rid of of the problem. A hundred percent. I love that analogy. And I think it's, yeah, like the deeper you go with it, the harder it is. So it's kind of like there's like the low hanging fruit of like realizing this negative self-talk and and kind of, you know, getting ahead of that and like stopping that. But it's like peeling back an onion. The deeper you go, the harder it is because like the thicker the layers. So yes. like I reached this point of where I would recognize like that I was doing some like negative self-talk. But recognizing it like wasn't enough to make it go away because then I'm like arguing with myself and like the part of me that is being mean is a freaking bully. Like, and she's just like, nope, nope, you're not good enough. Like, you're not good enough. Like, you know, yeah, and all the other things. And so it can become like a little bit of a, of a battle. And I just really think it's, it's recognizing like that, that, that voice in my head, like that's not me like that stems from my ego and like a lot of times like we tend to think of ego as like full of yourself in like a positive way but when you really like do some research into it our ego is a really interesting part of like our psyche in terms of it's like it is defined who we are and it is gonna you know kind of fight to remain that person at all costs but like it also 
carries with it all this like negativity it's picked up along the way Mm -hmm. that then it kind of constantly reminds you of. And some of this dates back to like childhood of like, you know, you're not, you're not good enough. You're not smart. Like you're not pretty. You're not thin, like whatever it may be. And it's like, it's a very strong, it's a very strong voice. And so I think sometimes at least what I'm trying to do is just when it's like I'm almost not winning that inner battle in my mind, it's kind of like I at least recognize that's not me. Like, okay, ego, like, man, you're being loud today. I see you. Like, I don't know how to quiet you in this moment, but, like, I recognize that that's what you are. Yes. Yes. No, I I love it. Well, yeah. that was a very good – that was a good uh, email and a good note to end on. I really – I love that. Um, I agree. By the way, if you guys uh, want to participate and let us know how you're doing with your challenge, you can, if you're on social media, use hashtag summer for self and uh, let us know what you're doing. And uh, it's not too late, by the way, to join Summer for Self. So if you're just kind of picking up with us and you're like, oh, man, but it's halfway over, it doesn't have to be. Not for you. Go to CaseyMain.com slash Summer for Self and you can sign up and start from day one where you're at right now. It's not too late. And it's it's free. So honestly, why are you not doing it? Just go do it. Do it now. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can also send emails to yourbffpod at gmail.com like Miss Ty did today. And we can share your feedback there. And uh, we also have the BFF hotline. You can call 615-266-4338. Leave a message and let us know what's been going on with you and how your challenge is going. And we'll play it here on the podcast but uh well until next week <laughs> we've yeah. we're a little over halfway through i can't believe it honestly it doesn't this doesn't seem possible but i've only got you for two more weeks <laughs> what <laughs> i know but i'm not going anywhere in reality so. no 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 <laughs> i just need on the podcast that's gonna be yes. a, a sad thing but i do have something super exciting to announce to you guys next week about how you could become the next BFF resident co-host. So, oh, hey. hey, girl. So I'm super excited about that. Really excited to get you guys involved. Um, shout out to Miss Nat, who kind of came up with this awesome idea. And uh, I can't wait to fill you guys in on it. But uh, until next week, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. like what you hear you can download and listen to past and future episodes using stitcher apple Podcasts, spotify overcast or online at www.yourbffpodcast.com follow the show at your bff pod and mel at music city mel on instagram twitter and facebook for any questions or topic suggestions email us at your at gmail.com and as always thank you for listening